0: Impact of Influence: The tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and the mysterious deaths that they are linked to. So we recorded an episode, and now we're going back to the beginning to drop. It is breaking news from Will over at Fitz News. So
1: there have been four Sled agents who have been subpoenaed to appear at the hearing in Walterboro. On Monday. About what? They've been instructed to bring documents that they have that can relate to these leaks to the media.
0: So Dick Harputlian's going after these sled guys, which ties in if what he said is true. He said sled agents told him, or told the family members, I guess, that the AG's office was leaking information. So if you're connecting the dots, to me it seems like Harputlian wants to say, these are the guys who told him or the family members that the AG was doing the leaks, right? That's what you think. We'll find out, I guess. Sounds like it. Okay. Now, on to the actual episode. Hello, friend. So glad you're joining me, Matt Harris and Seton Tucker. Very grateful that you spend time with us. And you can reach out to us, Murdoch Podcast on Facebook, murdochpodcast.com. com. Matt Harris podcast at gmail.com getting a lot of great response and even not so great, but we will respond to it as soon as we can. Now, last episode, we talked about the fact that we went to Columbia for the Dick Harpootlian press conference. That was August 17th. Uh, Dick Harpootlian, one of the lawyers for Alec Murdoch. And we have a response by the attorney general's office and Dick Harpoolian that we'll get to in a bit. One of the issues addressed in the press conference was the leaks to the press. That was a, that was a big controversial item. Uh, Harpoolian contended that the, uh, that the leaks were coming from the AG office. One of the leaks addressed a video on Paul's cell phone from the day of the double homicide. Now, at that point, he was just saying that there was this leak. In fact, he said that the sled officers told them that the leaks were coming from the AG's office. Now, some new stuff has come out about that video from Paul's cell phone, more information, and, Seaton. let's kind of get this thing started and set everything up.
1: Right. I think we should go back to what was originally reported. Back on June 6th of 2022, Liz Farrell with Fitz News published an article that talked about this video, and they said, Paul's now unlocked phone shows Alec and Maggie talking by the dog kennels on the evening that they were killed, according to multiple sources. And then People Magazine came out with an article in July, which was similarly titled, and said perhaps the biggest piece of evidence law enforcement has is a cell phone, audio, and video that appears to place Murdoch at the scene, talking to Maggie just moments before they were killed.
0: Again, well, that doesn't say like a heated argument, it just says they were talking, right? So that that at that point, we think it just proves that Alec was there at some point, right? Remember, we talked about that.
1: Well, at the press conference, Dick Harpootland said that SLED was requesting a meeting with the family later in the day, and it appears that this meeting may have been to show them the video that was on Paul's phone.
0: And that's where things have really taken kind of a turn, because... John Monk, with the State Paper and other newspapers, has sources telling him the video depicts a, quote, happy family, and, quote, there is talking, and it's extremely playful and friendly. And he goes on to say, from his sources, it sounds perfectly normal, like any happy family, mother, father, child, doing something together. They're spread out, it sounds like, and they're just talking back and forth. Continues with a quote. If we're going by the voices, it sounds like Paul, Maggie, and Alec, and it appears that Paul's holding the phone and videoing something on a dog, the dog's tail, possibly. It continues, you never see anyone in the video. Very short video, likely less than a minute. Now, that tells you that it doesn't tell much. I mean, it's less than a minute, a snapshot of that evening. Well,
1: we should also note that this is a single source who asked not to be identified because they are not authorized to make public statements about the video at this time.
0: A single source is okay if that single source is very, very, very connected. Yeah. You can still go about that. And Dick Harpootlian, and we'll get to that with John Snyder in a moment, had mentioned that that conversation was congenial and that maybe he he accuses straight up accuses the uh, attorney general's office of doing the leak but not giving the uh, appropriate tone of the conversation
1: however we do still have inconsistencies in stories back from the September 2021 article in the wall street journal they say that elik had come home he took a nap he woke up and he then left to check on his mother, who suffers from dementia. The source said that Alec didn't see Maggie or Paul before he left.
0: And that source appears to be wrong.
1: Absolutely. That video directly contradicts this source.
0: Okay, but we don't know the time frame or the timestamp on that video of the night of the homicides of Alec, Paul, and Maggie. Now, it does wipe out that previous source you talked about because she, he obviously saw them that day or night. But what was the time, right? That's what we, it would be interesting to know. I assume it's not between 9 and 9.30, or they would just say, done done deal. He was there when it happened.
1: Well, I mean, it's just putting him there in close proximity to the time that Maggie and Pauls were reportedly murdered.
0: We don't know cl- how close, right? If it's, let's say it was 8.30, he still has time to leave and drive to his uh, mom's house and for the you know, mystery murderer, come in and murder. So that doesn't prove, it just proves they didn't fight. I don't know if it proves that he was or was not there when the murders occurred.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on.
0: Now, also in May, Jim Griffin, the other attorney of Ellick's, along with Dick Harputlian, said that Ellick was talking to his friend Chris Wilson from nine to 10. I don't think he said the whole time 9 to 10.
1: I think there were several calls I, think, that I believe there were four. Okay.
0: I believe there were two conversations on the way to his mom's house and two on the way home from his mom's house. And Griffin said, quote, Ellick was in his car talking to Chris Wilson about usual stuff, and Murdoch's demeanor was, quote, absolutely normal. So that or those calls are going to be very important, you would think as to where he, if they can tell where those calls were made.
1: So now we have two instances where Alec's demeanor was described as normal. He wasn't upset. So I believe this will be something that the defense uses.
0: And then we'll probably hear from experts on the other side. He'll say, well, that means nothing. However, we know that's where they're going to go with this because they keep mentioning it.
1: I also found it interesting that they said no one was actually seen on this video. And that kind of contradicts mm. some of the early reports.
0: And also, I am kind of surprised we were led to believe, at least I assumed, that the video was a lot longer than less than a minute. It seemed like the way the reporting was going on that, as much as he heard an argument, was going on over here, he was over by the dog kennels, he was sending a thing to dog, a lot of things to happen in, in a 45-second video.
1: I think everyone's minds went wild that there was going to be this really bad argument and yeah. we were going to get a big conflict between maggie and Alec. and it, if this is true that doesn't appear to have happened in the video
2: influencer it's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days there is a woman who went the distance who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life her name elizabeth taylor I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you
0: listen. So let's bring in our legal analyst. He's a former defense attorney and a former prosecutor. He's John Snyder. Hey, John. Hello, everyone. All right. So last episode, we talked about Dick Carpulian's press conference where he accused the attorney general's office of leaking information to the press. He also complained that he hadn't gotten any evidence from the attorney general's office. And it was supposed to have gotten him in 30 days. And I think that was day 32 When he had the press conference and Seton, here's the AG's response.
1: So the AG office issued a statement and they said, contrary to what Mr. Harpootlian said at his news conference, it is categorically false that the attorney general's office leaked any information in the Murdoch murder case. We've been in communication with SLED and they denied that they told anyone that our office leaked anything. And they followed up the response with a motion and in this motion it says that it was a blatant attempt to create drama where formerly there was none.
0: So John, I know you've gone over a lot of this stuff, and uh, you know that Dick Harpootlian has never seen a television camera or a microphone he didn't like. There is not only the legal part that Dick Harpootlian is doing, because you've got 30 days, but is there some posturing going on, like the AG's office says?
3: We have entered the phase of, of showmanship and grasping at straws for some issue on appeal. And so you have to remember that Harputlian and Griffin are probably both major opponents to the death penalty in the United States. They're probably the leading opponents to the death penalty in South Carolina. And their client is a prime candidate for being tried and possibly convicted of first-degree murder and getting the death penalty as a sentence. And so they are going to fight, claw, poke, accuse, blow up, do anything they can to keep their client from either A, getting convicted, or B, getting the death penalty. And so... This is just a foreshadowing of what's coming down the pike in this case.
1: Another issue that is raised is that the defense claimed that they haven't received any evidence.
0: Yeah, he said not a zero zip.
1: One of the things that that is talked about is the unsealing of search warrants. John, can you explain this process?
0: Yes. Yeah, so when
3: the government goes to execute a, a, a search warrant, they have to present a petition to the court the petition's got to be based on evidence and so depending on who the source of the evidence is that either the state or federal government will ask a judge to seal the, the warrant or, or seal the material that that was used as the basis
0: why why is that because
3: it would divulge either a confidential informant it involves privilege. And honestly, it's to not prejudice the case against the defendant. Because if, if, if for instance, a search warrant was, there is an affidavit in the search warrant from a family member saying, I believe that person A committed a murder. And as a result of that murder, you know, because I believe that, you can probably find the cell phone that that here had at the time of the murder. Well, you don't want the the case to be open and shut in news media uh, with evidence coming out prematurely. So it's, it's the state actually protecting the rights of the accused and having these things sealed. And so, it is grand theater for defense counsel to accuse the state of hiding things when it's actually being hidden from public view for the purposes of protecting their the presumption of innocence that goes along with the law. So that's that, that's issue one. And then issue two is everything's gotta be done by process. These, these defense lawyers have received plenty of evidence. Just what th- they're saying, they haven't gotten everything. And so the state, I think, responded in in a pleading to say, we've turned over thousands of pages of documents already. And as soon as we get more information, we turn it over immediately.
0: Okay, John, I have a question, though. So Varapunlian is saying, I've got nothing. I, I mean, I specifically asked him, I said, what percentage of Evidence you have, he he said, zero, not a zip. Take a little break and uh, get you ready for some traveling you've got coming up. Some international trip where you want to be able to at least get around, right? So you want to learn the language of the country that you're going to. You want to experience it with a little bit of knowledge going in, and you can get a lot of bit of knowledge when you use Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop. It can also be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Impact of Influence listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 40% off. That's 40% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 40% off at rosettastone.com today. And yet, AG's office is saying they turned over hundreds of papers would they wouldn't this be easy to prove well
3: I, I think maybe i mean he may even be be saying i haven't gotten any evidence that proves my client's guilty or he yeah you know, he may be parsing an open-ended question that you've posed to him to be like i haven't seen i've gotten anything regarding him murdering his family okay well that's that's different than I haven't received any information from the state of South Carolina regarding this criminal case.
1: John, has anything you've seen or heard seemed out of the ordinary to you? And what can we expect next?
3: This is all all very normal. Before the trial begins, there'll be a pretrial conference. And and the state will probably go over with either in camera, with just with the judge or in open court and say, these are all the things we provided and everything will be have a bait stamp B A T E and we have bait stamp pages 1 through 2 million and uh, and then along with that we have physical evidence and there'll be an evidence log and all that will get entered into the court record so that on appeal Harpolian and Griffin can't say we didn't we did not get something so the 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 push from Harpootlian is, I would argue, is for show. I understand why he's doing it, but I would say it's, you know, sound and fury symbol meaning absolutely nothing.
1: So one thing in the AG's office motion, it says, evidence in this case contains sensitive information which should remain protected unless it is used in court. So would an example of this be the accused has a foot fetish and that doesn't have any relevance to the case?
3: That's a great example. Or, to, or to, you've got a financial crime case and it, you've got pictures of the defendant at a strip bar or so, something that's completely unrelated. that was turned over as part of the criminal investigation, but doesn't have any bearing on the evidentiary requirements of the charge. The, the state saying, hey, we're not going to we don't want that to get out to the public because, again, The state, people miss this all the time. The greatest defenders of of civil rights often are, are prosecutors because they want to make sure that there's no, no one's rights are getting stomped on in the case where they're trying to get a conviction. And so they show a lot more discretion and restraint than popular media would allow people to believe. And so the state may be saying, hey, if we, if we, it, hypothetical: If we release the name of all the hookers that uh, John Doe slept with, it might create an, a, a prejudice against him with the jury on an unrelated matter. So we're keeping that sealed. So it's the state acting with restraint, which and and using good judgment. Mm. But it does allow defense attorneys to to create this reasonable doubt of, oh, they're hiding something from us.
1: We talked about media leaks earlier in this episode, so let's read what Lane had to say in his court filing.
0: He says that video shows, quote, Maggie, Paul, and Alec having a convivial conversation about the behavior of their own dog, Bubba. There's absolutely no indication of a disagreement or dispute between Paul, Maggie, and Alec, according to family members who viewed the recording. The defense attorney's motion said state prosecutors are contending that within minutes of this lighthearted conversation, Alec murdered both Maggie and Paul for no apparent reason, the defense, uh, the defense lawyers wrote. The news story about this recording did not include any information about the convivial nature of the conversation, and how incongruent the tone and tenor of the conversation is to the state's theory of the case. Perhaps this crucial information was intentionally omitted from the media leak to portray Alec Murdoch in the worst possible light. So, uh, John Snyder, he's saying that not only are they leaking things, but they are leaking things and misrepresenting the facts.
3: The key word in there is perhaps. And so what you have is a motion filed. And this is, again, this is a good motion. And this is is him doing his job and, and being... The, the preeminent criminal defense lawyer in South Carolina. So this is good lawyering on his part, but he's saying you guys are letting information out. The nature of the information shows that the three of them were engaged in a lighthearted conversation, and that's inconsistent with the allegations of, of rage that led to murder or, 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 or behavior that led to murder. And so he's, this is a very artful motion in that he is raising doubt through the complaining of, a, of the release of a video that maybe has not even been released in its actual physical form, but has been shown to some people as a result of victim rights meeting where the family is able to learn about the case as it's proceeding. And then somebody comes out and says, this is what we saw. And so it's, I mean, it's, it's high level defense lawyer work here in saying, hey, there's this video out there. We're going to complain about that it was leaked, but we're also going to let the public know that it shows what good natured human being our client was. And it's its impossible for him to have then murdered that the other two people that were part of the conversation.
1: It appears that the leaks may have been accurate saying that Alec was there on the night of the murders of Maggie and Paul, but they may not have given the whole picture.
0: But it still might. We don't know. Dick Carpooling, like you said, right? Johnny's just putting a doubt out there. We don't know one way or the other what's on that tape. because He hasn't seen it either. And
3: well, what that's he, a good point. What he, what he knows of it is from what other people have said is on it. And so... It's it's again, it's great legal work in raising reasonable doubt among the the, the jury pool that that's going to decide this case to say for him to, to be saying now, oh, there's a video out there that shows how nice my client was. There's no way he could have murdered somebody a few minutes later now that so that's good work. And 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 the initial reporting like the Fitz news reporting is still good reporting to say there's a video that exists that shows the three of them together minutes before the, the, the murder took place. So that's there. That's not even a leak. That's just saying there's evidence out there. Again, I, I I think his motion is a a lot of noise and it's, and it's well thought out noise, but at I don't think the state is engaged in improper behavior in any way, and I, I don't think that Harputlian is engaged in improper behavior, but that's, that's how these cases get tried.
1: I understand that victims have rights, but why was the family allowed to see this video before the defense team?
3: It, it, it may be that, that they've seen like a, a, a copy that's not been stamped yet or hasn't been processed fully. And they wanted to see, like, the last time their, you know, sister-in-law or their aunt was, was alive and, and their nephew and uh, cousin were alive. And so that's, that's why they were able to see it. The, the state's trying to bring peace to these, these people that have lost loved ones. They're not trying to trample on the defendant's rights in a murder case.
0: Now, you brought up something interesting to me, is that this 30-day thing where all evidence has to be turned over that Harpoon was screaming about. It does. It sounds like it doesn't have to be all the evidence because it can be whatever they have. They have to do this time stamp thing. They have to do maybe a test on something, things like that. Right. So it's not their whole entire case has to be in 30 days. That's exactly right. But it, but again, that
3: the, these little little pinpricks into the balloon Got it. is him trying to pop the state's case. And that's proper adversarial work on his part. And it's proper for the state to say. Hey, man, you, you've gotten everything we've gotten wow. to this point that we're able to release. And as, as things continue to be available to be released, they'll be provided to you. And he's the one that's asked for the speedy trial. So he's the one demanding that the, the process be accelerated. And so the state's going to be in the position to say, we've given you everything we've got. And so do you want to move forward
0: or not?
1: We do have a hearing on Monday, August 29th in front of Judge Newman at the Colton County Courthouse to address these issues.
0: All right, John. Thanks a lot. We will uh, talk soon for sure. Okay, now let's move on to being the scoundrel that he is and actually stealing from his brother and from his former law firm, the law firm that his great-granddaddy started. A decade-long web of criminal conspiracy that spanned the low is what Michael DeWitt calls it in the Greenville News, and he does a great job, Michael does. Uh, so Murdoch was indicted. Add these to the list. Four counts of obtaining signature of property by false pretenses, valued in grand or more. Two counts of money laundering, count of uh, money laundering value of $100,000 or more, computer crimes, and uh, there you go. The state grand jury said that Murdoch was... Misappropriating funds, stealing, rather than paying the fees into the, the uh, family law firm, December sixteenth, twenty twenty, Murdoch allegedly stole ninety one thousand eight hundred and sixty seven dollar and fifty cent check from PMPED by having the check deposited into one of his fake accounts. I think that one was the the forge F O R G E, and he used that. If you're not familiar, he used that because there was a real firm named Forge, spelled differently, that handled uh, injury settlements. So he thought, eh, I'll name it something like that. Maybe people won't notice. That's a lot of money to steal from your your brother and your firm. The May 12th allegedly stole a little over $83,000 check from the firm. And then this is the one that is just vicious. The indictment also says that Alec Murdoch, Took a loan repayment for $121,358.63 from the firm that was due to his brother, Randy Murdoch IV, and cashed it for himself. The other ones, he can say, oh, I'm stealing from the firm. This one was directly supposed to go to his brother and Alec cashed it for himself. This guy did not care who he stole from.
1: Allegedly. I mean, he stole from a death quadriplegic, and yes. now he's... He's stolen from his own brother. Right. Moral uh, compass is definitely off.
0: 18 indictments so far against Murdoch, uh, 90 charges, and the number is now up to $8,789,447.77. 97 criminal charges, according to the AG's office, and 11 civil suits. We're getting to some big numbers. Now, we're about to wrap, but we want to talk about cousin Eddie for a moment. We just found he was. Transferred from the detention center he was in with Alec Murdoch.
1: Yes, he's been transferred to the Lexington County Detention Center. It's unclear why. We know that there were some discussions at his bond hearing about his health conditions, and that Alec Murdoch was being housed in the medical ward, and they couldn't be in the same place. So that could be a potential reason why.
0: And uh, the medic- we wondered why was Alec in the medical ward of the detention center, and you had a listener reach out to you?
1: Yes, one of our listeners was an employee of a detention center and said that, in her experience, it's not uncommon for inmates of this high-profile nature to be housed in the medical ward.
0: We had a busy one today, and this episode's been nuts. And we didn't get to a few things because it was, like, coming at us. <laughs> some things we'll be talking about on the next episode.
1: We will hear about Russell Lafitte's new charges and some requests that he has made to his bond conditions. We will hear about a new player who is allegedly tied to Alec Murdoch in drug charges. And we will also talk about a former sex worker who has some ties to Alec Murdoch.
0: And that is a wrap on this one, MurdochPodcast.com, Murdoch Podcast on Facebook, Matt Harris podcast at gmail.com. As always, we're so grateful you spent some time with us, and we'll talk soon
2: join Halataha for actionable advice from the brightest minds in the world on the Young and Profiting Podcast. Author and academic, Arthur Brooks, on what success isn't.
0: The husband was confessing to his wife that he might as
2: well be dead. And I'm thinking, whoa, what's wrong with this guy? I turn around to get a look and it turns out to be
3: one of the most famous men in the world. The world tells you that if you are profiting money, power, pleasure, fame, you're going to be happy. And that's a bogus formula.
2: The Young and Profiting Podcast, wherever you listen.